So Sindhu, what would you do if you had a minute with Tamil cinema's biggest superstar, Rajinikanth? Oh gosh, I don't know. I would probably just stand in front of him in complete frozen state and watch as he whisked past me. What would you do? I'd probably whip out my camera and try to take a selfie with him with his consent, of course. <laughs> or or you know, if you carry a notebook, you could maybe get his autograph. Or if you're Ashwin Kakumanu, you could give him your business card. But it's not just any business card. I came up with this thing, this business card of you know saying you know who is it was not even who Ashwin is who, and then you open up it was like a double layer sort of thing. So you open up and you see these four photos of me in different get-ups. One was a rowdy, one was like on rowdy, one was like on very big Param type of character, one was like on James Bondish character, and one was like on typical lover boy, chocolate boy type thing. And then when you close the card, you it will have my contact. It'll say find out, and it'll say. my contact information so so then once i got an opportunity to go to um, uh, the endiran set through the art director because i knew his family and i met rajini sir over there and then everyone was like hey, rajini sir was asking about everyone and then all my friends were like hey tell him what you want to be tell him what you want to be and then he says they said no ashwin wants to be an actor oh actor actor okay okay ninga epdi hero mattuma say enna va nadikkanonu irukinga sir i didn't know everyone was like at that point saying hero hero sir hero Oh okay and Rajini sir actually is the way you seem like mm-hmm. like when he thinks he's actually like rolling his eyes and putting his finger on his mouth and he's doing all these things that you think you know he's he's what you see on screen and then he's like oh okay and then they, they said show your card show your card and show the card and he's like hey super 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 arg yaar nee nee da panningala so i was like amma sir naan epdi epdi panninga idala nalla irukke nalla irukke and all that so i said idu da sir inda nalla irukke okay all the best all the best hey everyone i'm nikhil venkatesa and i'm sindhuri nandakumar we're two culture writers figuring shit out and this is creating life it's a podcast about life the creative process and being brown in the 21st century now for those of you who are new to this podcast we basically discuss topics that we find interesting like our relationship to the internet our our relationship with fitness and we also have some amazing conversations with creatives in different industries like filmmakers actors writers fashion designers and many more okay so before we get into today's episode we actually have some really exciting news for you we just got listed on apple podcasts which is the oldest and coolest podcast platform out there so if you have liked this show so far and want to keep hearing more south asian voices here please consider leaving us a review on the platform or on any other platform where you hear us And thanks so much to everyone who's pressing play on the show. Um our plan is to bring more conversations with people based in Chennai and outside Chennai as well. So please keep sharing the show with your friends and family. All right, so to today's guest, he is very interesting. Ashwin Kakumanu is a Tamil film and TV actor whom you might recognize as the young and corrupt cop from the Ajith film Mangata. He's also been seen in other films like Vedalam also with Ajit Idatkatane Asapattai Balakumara with Vijay Sethupathi and Zero which is not to be confused with the Hindi film by Shahrukh Khan. And more recently we've been seeing a lot more of him in digital spaces like the Tamil web series Nila Nila Odiva on the streaming platform View. You know Sindhu what I find interesting about Ashwin is that he started around the same time as uh, an actor like Vijay Sethupathi in 2013 they acted in Balakumara together mm. um and so it's interesting to see how their careers have evolved in different ways one of the things i want to talk to ashwin about is how he's managed to navigate this particular industry which is so self-conscious about mass success yeah. and how he's you know what's informed his different career choices and you know any advice he might have for any aspiring actors in the industry Sweet, let's get into it then. 
Aishman, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Nikhil. How are you? Yeah, doing good. How about you? Good, good. <laughs> thanks a lot for being here. We are excited to talk to you because you have a bunch of projects going on right now. But I think Nikhil and I are a little curious to know about how it all started. Like, can we take a trip backwards in time and talk about how you got into acting and how you got interested in it, actually? Uh, definitely. So, um, I actually mostly wanted to be in movies because I just loved movies. Not so much because I wanted to be an actor. So, mm. the the curiosity really came from how do I make how do they make this stuff, you know, okay. that I'm seeing on screen. So. Uh, so because of that also a lot of my influences and you know the movies I liked as a kid were like Star Wars and very f- fantastic special effects based stuff that you know how how do they make these things out of nothing I somehow I, I had uh, won a contest when I was a kid a Star Movie contest Can you tell con- us more about how do we also win these contests? <laughs> yeah so uh, it was a lucky draw really Yeah okay. we read an interview where it's a lucky draw from Star Movies you yeah. know which doesn't really happen anymore <laughs> It's amazing. I, I, I used to, to think US. those things were fake because back in the day, Star TV and all, they used to put, uh, you know, the winners of this competition. Yeah. Like it's all fraud. Why, you know, who's going to know if no one claimed their prize? So I, the the basic competition was name the three Star Wars films and I was a huge Star Wars buff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to send two of these entries. So I doubled <laughs> my entries and then... I got a call one day saying, calling him Star TV and all, and this is when I was 13 or 12 or 13 or That's something. That's quite young, no? Yeah, huh. and I was like, I thought someone was pranking me. Because <laughs> so, you, you told your friends you had applied for it. Yeah, and um, and then they said, no, we're really serious and all, you can call back if you want. And we called back and it was like the Star TV number and all that. And so, mm-hmm. uh, their automated number or whatever it was. And then, so then I took, you know, I told my, they obviously had a plus one. So I took my mum and to get permission from school to, you know, like mm-hmm. take few weeks off and, this was in December, so I remember when they took us to LA. The first prize was go see the Home Alone 3 premiere in <laughs> LA. Uh, I remember going for the premiere and seeing all the actors from the uh, from the movie. And so sometimes I joke around saying, you know, Scarlett Johansson was in that movie. So I was like, maybe mm. she was there and, you know. Yeah. So that was how I went there. And so one of the things was they gave like some $600 as prize money or something. Mm. Like that, and I used that to buy a video camera. Uh, so which which camera do you get? Just it was a Sony Hi8, like those mm. things that look like all audio cassettes almost. Yeah, you know, that you put the in, tapes. Yeah, the tapes. So um, so I bought that, and then when I came back, I used to even that like people were like, why are you letting mm. your son buy this? You know, it's a waste of money. You know, what is he going to do with something so expensive? And so I used that. I used to make short films, and back then, obviously, you, uh, there's no editing software, there's no digital editing software mm. for the consumer. So we used to shoot. All these like movies where fight and very lame sort of movies <laughs> where, you know, the 13-year-old kids or 14-year-old kids are playing gangsters and villains and cops and stuff like that. And so so it really came from that. And then when I used to act in these short films, I kind of enjoyed... I enjoyed the acting part a little bit. I, I wouldn't still say that it was like one big thing for me, but I was sort of like an introverted kid, so it helped me. It was nice to sort of do something that wasn't me. Mm. And then... Uh, and then I moved to the US in 2001. So I was there between two. So 2000. was that for college or? Uh, my mom basically remarried. So okay. at that point I was a uh, dependent. So I, I went with her. Mm, uh, mm. It just happened to coincide the, the time that I'd finished school and I was going to college. Mm. Uh, and so when so I So where went, in the US were you? I was in you? Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. And you, were in, you went to college there? I went to college. I didn't go to the University of Michigan. All, I mean, I applied and I got in, but I went to a community college first. Mm-hmm. So that was an experience by itself because I don't know if you've seen community yeah. and all that. That's <laughs> that's pretty much what my experience was. Uh, and what did you study? 
I studied business in the US. I did BBA. Okay. Okay. So, um, um, so at what point in your life did you think, okay, this filmmaking or directing or acting is going to stick? So it was really in the US because up till then it was very much me and my friends. So when I went to the US, I had a hard time uh, adjusting. Like I, f- I was very homesick. I was actually probably you know went through depression over there because it was a big culture change to go from here. And even here, I was an introvert. I had like three friends, you know, three four friends max my whole life, and I'd find it hard to make new friends. So to um, go there and meet new people and this new culture and you know, I mean. I think Americans are generally very cynical, you know, especially as teenagers and stuff. So, you know, here you're kind of very earnest in something, and there they're like, yeah, you know, whatever type <laughs> thing. And so, uh, and just very different. It's middle America too. It's not like uh, it's not the coast. It's not the East Coast, yeah. West Coast, where it's very diverse. So mm. it was very largely white. It was very largely in community college when you went. It was largely all these cliques had formed. Mm. You know, all these people from high school who knew each other who were like, I don't know what to do, so I'm, I'm going to community college. And yeah, and I also remember when I. Uh, The first semester was when 9/11 happened. Hmm. So I remember, you know, like looking at the TV in the hall, and then everyone, I could feel like everyone, you know, after a point, after the like. Did you know then that you would be coming back to India? No, I didn't. So what prompted? So yeah, so at that point, this whole thing of being kind of, uh, kind of isolated, kind of thinking about home, hmm. uh, would kind of encourage me to write. So I used to write a lot. Um, and then when I used to write, I, each time, so then I kind of made it like each time I visited India after that. I would try to take a short, make a short film. So what I would do is I would try to write. If I knew I was going to India in say, you know, a few months or a year, you know, like to visit family or whatever it was, I would write something. And when I came to India, I would try to shoot it and then go back there. And that's when, you know, all the Adobe Premiere and stuff was kind of happening. So then I would edit it back there. So the more I was sort of um, doing stuff like that and kind of realizing that that's what made me happy and you know, like the the high was. doing that and seeing how you could play with that that that's when i realized that this is what i want to do and i and obviously uh, you know come back to india and do it and then like, i met dulka dulka was interning in anaba then and so we used to talk about movies and then we came back and then i think he moved back earlier he went to dubai after he finished i took a little longer to finish college because i was just i used to take semesters off to move back and kind of make this mm. like in 2004 when mumbai express came Kamal's film. Mm. That was when this whole digital filmmaking thing was like with mini DV tapes. Right. That this is going to mm. change cinema and all that. So that time, like me and my friends over here, you know, I was like, let's make a movie about these three kids in 12th standard. It's their last year of school. They're going off their separate ways, and um, you know, let's do something around that. So then I came here. I took a semester off from college. Came here when, and then it started kind of becoming bigger and bigger. They were like, why can't we make this a feature film? you know and we even at that time i remember we were like 20 year olds or 21 and uh, we shot some footage and we were getting it like reverse telecined and there was pc sir in the lab he was doing a film shooting <laughs> on digital so he was like i was like man this thing is just seems like it's growing bigger and bigger like where he was like is and then finally it kind of collapsed because there was no money to make yeah. it right but we made auditions we did audition posters did auditions and you know cast we even went back to my school chetinad vidyashram Asked them, you know, can I do this and all, and they thought I was making a documentary, so they were like, <laughs> yeah, sure. So, and then the funny part was like at that time, then we'd go to the kids who were in school then to play our classmates and background mm. thing because we acted as the protagonists. Oh. Me and my friends acted as the three protagonists, <laughs> and then we had to re-stitch all our school uniforms. And I was like, and then I, you could tell right between 
15 to 21 there is like a jump in a guy's looks like the hair yeah. thing and I was, I was looking around and we gotten obviously you can't get kids from 12th standard to play it because they have the exam so huh. you have to give go for either the 11th or the 9th <laughs> so all the like co-actors and all they'd be look extremely young and they'd be like you know macha is this going to work <laughs> like just shut up we've come this far let's just do it <laughs> and what was the name of that project so uh, it was kind of untitled but actually it had a name called it was basically called screw bangaru a working title because i mean that time the kill bill screw bangaru all that there was this teacher called bangaru we all hated he was like this <laughs> guy who'd beat beat you up and he was a, he was a character so the villain in the film itself was like a guy like him who's huh. this very imposing teacher who who kind of emotionally kind of really abuses these kids and even physically sometimes so so the movie was called screw bangaru yeah <laughs> and you were you guys able to finish it or no no so at one point we realized like cuz one friend said he'll try to get food from you know some uncles catering uh, you know we were trying to get the camera i had bought in some camera one basic camera uh, it saved up from when i was working the states and brought that but then we just realized the money was not going to last long enough we didn't have money to like for basic stuff to pay for to feed mm-hmm. you know the the whoever was there to help the hungry us hungry children <laughs> <laughs> and you guys didn't have a light set up but you know what i was it's actually amazing to me that we actually convince kids to come on saturdays and sundays to school to actually help us with this for the documentary can you imagine yeah can <laughs> for you the document can you imagine school kids who hate being in school from monday to friday to actually yeah. come wear their uniform and come back to school on a saturday or a sunday or whatever to like help us that's like that was pretty amazing quite a feat actually no <laughs> so you come back here after college and uh, so what what happens between coming back here and getting the role in naduni sinaigal so i came back uh, auditioned and then you know it's just through friends of friends i know this person go meet this person all that and then um, i made couple more short films i realized also when i came back this whole uh, everyone was like i never thought of myself but everyone was like america return ah they were like mm. you know so it's like oh i'm that guy now is it and then yeah uh, there's that label that comes uh, every time because we we also study in the us so when you come back there's always that perception yeah so i never thought of myself because when i went there it was not because i wanted to go there it was because my situation was such that you had to. i had to go there yeah. and uh, i did not did not i mean towards the end of my stay is when i was finally kind of like adapting and kind of you know like thing but i largely saw myself as being from here so uh, but even then film industry like you know like oh, and people have been to me introduce me saying ipada us lende vandu so like don't say that but you ever called to me the us mopler yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> i uh, so vinay tanti varvaya i had gotten that role uh-huh. so i um, that's So I used to audition I audition a lot of ad films that's how I started so those um when I audition for ad films and stuff they'd say send headshots and then I would take those photos in character I'd do one guy with a mustache holding one gas cylinder and all this something very corny stuff that I thought you know where you do goofy faces and other than when on and sir and then um then they were like no no this is not it so I audition for ads Rajiv Menon says ads is that uh, I used to do that round that circuit of you know all the ad film coordinators and all that and so then they had audition for this role in vtv actually and mm. then it was that uh, maple role only and then and so when you first come everyone is like don't do this you know you do this you're going to get stereotype for life you do character roles you know people who never see you as a lead you ask people for advice you're going to get like you know different 100 different, different things yeah answers. so uh, 
so then finally when i said hey you know i got this role no she was like what are you doing the maple role is the most <laughs> it's the, the one that sticks the most idu vandu ninga escape panna matinga look at this person look at that person it's never worked don't look at i was like no but it's a gautam menon sir film it's a no no don't look at all that this is something you know so i was like really you know uh, i was really confused in fact i was about to go for the shoot um, it was a scene in the church and then i was on the way to the station to get on the train to go for that and then they call and they said uh, no we didn't get permission for the church and some date issues and all we'll call you whenever and when they called me back i was genuinely tied up with something else mm. that i couldn't do it and so they moved on so they remembered me from that and then they called me from ladunisi nagar and they said look this time it's a 5 minute role uh, but those few minutes you'll be with samir reddy or the pair this that no so they like, okay okay and that's how that that thing right. materialized did you was it more important because mangata was like a mass film in its twist and you had significant screen so time so the mangata yeah? the way the, that materialized is by the time that happened i was uh, already 2 years into trying to meet people and mm. then uh, and then i realized that for my looks they were just not they were just looking at me in a you know the the skin color the the mm. way you speak everything that it was at that point in time in tamil cinema that type of face or lead mm. was not there it was the madhura type of movies and also i realized that you know maybe i should do something so that, so how i got mangata was i made a short film i went to kutupara kutupatrai workshop mm. it was a 30 day workshop me uh, adi no iram adi mm. so uh, me him uh, abhinevadi uh, so all of us went and we all got these monologues and something so i by the end of it i was like you know maybe i should make this monologue into a short film and i made that into a short film so it was about a writer a 35 year old man who's sort of you know he's a terrible he's a terrible husband going to be a terrible father he's very all about my work and my craft and all that is a very intense thing that but then at that point i was like you know at least if i grow a beard and you know a lot of my short films i didn't i looked very fresh face or mm. very comic or was silent it was not emotional or anything so i said maybe i need to do one of these to put on my portfolio to get you know work for people to see me as something other than you know like a clean cut sort of guy venkat prabhu sir was looking for uh, i think they had cast someone else as a cop character and that person had got busy with something else so mm. he asked sp sp charan sir and charan said you know what i just met this guy he sent me the short film recently he's kind of tall because i wanted obviously a tall broad guy for the mm. cop so he's tall broad you know he, he looks like he'll be like a bombay cop you know let me send you and then <laughs> venkat prabhu uh, sir saw that a short film passed around ajit sir ajit sir saw a short film and then he met me and you know the day before i started shooting and he's like it was a very intense role mm. i mean it was a very intense short film something that i don't really put out because in the beginning when i showed people that they were like i don't think you should show people this it's very depressing <laughs> oh gosh so i was like so i've never really sort of put that out uh, but you still have it right? i still have it um but i never publicized it even though it was the role that got me mangata i never like went saying i uh, see you know uh, ajit saw this mm-hmm. film uh, you know this is what got me but ajit sir was very thing he was like you know what made you take something like that so i said you know these are the reasons i decided to make it and all and so i got that and uh, so that's how i was like a last minute replacement for that that short film was my mm-hmm. audition basically okay and and after mangata how did you map your career and your trajectory did you were you deliberate about the roles you played because one of the in in an interview with behind words you said you uh, chose scripts carefully because you wanted a solid lead role for yourself no it was not not so much solid lead role just a solid role mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. post nadunisi nagar i'd actually done yeramarivu mm 
uh and then when i did yeah amari were people like why are you doing these roles you are the typical scientist guy they are going to kill you off is a cliche <laughs> role no? i was like at that point i was just like because at, when when i did nadunisi and yeah amari even mangata it was literally 2 years of waiting and then when i realized that you need to either be someone's kid or you need to have be some financier son or some rich person son or daughter to get a movie where you are the lead so i'm like screw this i'm not waiting anymore to be the lead i'm going to do character roles and that's uh, fine i'm do character roles in in good movies with good directors let's see where that takes me this is not taking me anywhere i've just been sitting at home you know and time is going i moved back from the us you know like my mom's asking me what's going on so um so then i did that and so so i never saw like even today like i mean i never saw myself saying you know i only want to do a lead role i mean even ajit sir i remember him telling me during bangata that you know ashun after this everyone's going to tell you just do leads and all mm. that just make sure you know you don't fall into that trap where you know you think that you have to do that you can do good character roles and if it's a good negative role and all that and uh in fact i did mega first so mega was my first film as a lead after mangata and then i did balakumar i just turned out that balakumar a release first mm. right uh, so when you see it from an outside perspective it looks, it like, looks an, like an evolution of you know like a character role second lead co lead then lead but i actually chose that second mm. and the reason i did that because when i did mega i was like you know that movie was very ultra sappy romantic and that's what i thought at that time you were supposed to do mm. with my kind of look is it was you know it was like okay romantic film this is what came what because so many things come to you but like maybe 90% of them don't materialize so you have to pick okay which one looks like it's going to pr- into production and how much can i wait you know for that script that looks good but i how long you know god knows how long it's going to take to materialize so when balakumar came as like this is a fun script it's such a funny story the director pitched it to me so i was laughing and uh, so i didn't have that thing of you know it's a second lead or co lead i just saw it as a great character in a very good movie you were the co lead in balakumar with vijay so mm-hmm. at that time did you think he would be as big as he is in the industry right now um it's really hard this level of success superstardom no one can predict like you, mm. you'd be kind of you knew that he was he was a good actor and he you know he brought something to the role and he was not like other actors but this sort of stardom if you were to say if anyone to say yeah yeah i knew from because the thing about this industry is right when you are struggling when you are doing it no one will say anything about you mm. no one wants to sort of say but the minute you make it everyone wants to say i knew that day i saw it in him that day appo therinjichu ivan varvan or round adipan So it's like kind of cliche to sort of say that, but I knew then that he was he was definitely a talented actor. But to the level that he's raised today is like really good for him. It's like unheard of. It's all these things are like once in a generation. Like hmm. it's like the Rajnikanth story, you know. Again, yeah. it's like once in a gen- generation stuff that doesn't happen to many people. In in a Galata interview you gave last year, you said that there's so many things outside now actors control in this industry, and you already mentioned right. You don't know when things are going to materialize. So. as as an actor has that changed uh, how how much has that changed your approach to um sort of uh, choosing the projects and also reconciling with you know if a project doesn't is languishing in production right for example uh vedalam solum today you know you shot it's yeah it's, it's some legal issues yeah yeah it's taking its time tolekachi uh, for example yeah. right so in those situations you know how do you sort of stay calm and stay sane and uh, and, um, and sort of move to the next thing without uh, you letting really it bring you down you really have to be kind of like detached that's the thing i realized like you know this whole thing about being very precious about your work and taking it too seriously um i've learned over the years that before like you said i used to be a little bit more selective saying you know you should be 
it should be like at there used to be one point where i would get two similar scripts like maybe not the scripts would be similar but the roles maybe say example two cops mm. two they'd be different films but they'd be like no no i'm already doing this i've said yes to this so if i do this then people will say i'm repetitive and you know this will look like things so i'm going to turn down this and then that won't materialize right that won't take off and that will maybe go off to someone else so then and then you think uh, you know i'm going to you kind of have to detach once you're done with it there's this thing of you know when this comes out uh this is going to change things or people are going to see me differently that it's being in this industry has really taught me patience it's taught me like a certain uh i mean you learn many things in this because it's it's just that type of uh field um but yeah like even like the movies you're saying like vedalam sulum kadai it's like one of the best films that i've i've done like mm-hmm. i know when it comes out it'll be really cool but you know i don't talk about it also too much because it's like you don't want the film to get old when it comes out it'll come out like i i can't be the, the movie started like two and a half years ago mm. um tolekachi started the movie was done like two years ago but those are things that's in the producer's hands right and then sometimes you know as um, as actors you kind of tend to beat yourself up saying you know is it not come because there are people who'll say adinala da adu veli varamatengu or whatever right. like no because of the previous film or because of something else it's you can't take that thing seriously there there's, there's people like i said there's people who will break you down if they think in their perception that you are not you know it in some reason and the same reason the same people if the minute you make it perspectives change and they'll say oh you know don't forget us uh, <laughs> that date uh, date kuttrunga yeah. or you know i knew that date itself when i saw you on set you're very hard working So i've really learned that success if you're already successful nothing succeeds like success if you're already successful you can fart and people will say oh man just <laughs> artistic so artistic or some small expression the critics or fans will read into that to the point of 10 where maybe the actor didn't think of it that right. much yeah. <laughs> but if you're not successful whatever you do even if you're really good or you're working hard or whatever it is people will not acknowledge it till everyone's talking about it Right. You know there's a certain spark that where everyone saying oh everyone thinks this so even I should sort of yeah, say so, this. Yeah. Yeah and I think it's also a perception of if you've got a line of films or projects that yeah, all like, sort of come at the same, same time, time people automatically just uh, see it as one wave. Yeah they see it as yeah, a wave. See it as, it's like a wave like yeah. what you're yeah. saying right it depends on the director the ban- oh he signed this director or huh. this director signed him this banner signed him this combination it's always this in industry what combinations this music yeah. director this director cinematographer so this guy is picking good things so i mean that's they don't look at the script itself or you know the thing itself right but could you talk about financial uncertainty in all of this right if you're waiting for projects to come out and you know there's no monthly salary that's being deposited yeah. into your bank account how do you navigate that space so that's really tough um it is very financially especially when you're married it's it's financially very i mean mentally very like draining uh you're like when is this going to come you are kind of starting to fight with your own team saying you know why haven't you paid me you know mm. i i you know because the way in the movies it works is if they say i'm shooting your dates are required from say september to december so it's four mm. months or whatever um they you will normally think that and and you're getting paid this amount for that you normally think by that time the move that december comes you should have gotten the full amount right or the yeah. time your work is done that's not how it works if they d- the movie says that and they go on for one and a half years or two years whenever they shoot or whenever they need you then they'll pay you mm-hmm. because they think that if they pay you all at once or you know if they do the right thing saying you know i messed up 
this has gone on longer than i thought but i'll and probably the reason it hasn't gone together is because they haven't got their funds together hmm. but they'll always say that we'll pay whenever we need so that that ensures that actor will come to the set to cooperate because they feel yeah. like if we give too much of it or all of it that actor will not come back when we need him oh so that's how it works and the other thing is sometimes it's kind of frustrating because i am working it's just that the projects i'm take i'm doing are taking longer like sometimes people are like you know so why isn't this uh, it's been a while like i've been working uh, you know whether it's a web series or whether it's a film it's just some film didn't come out or it's taken too long to come out hmm. and uh, that has always been uh, challenging the fact that each film once you finish that process from uh, when a film is finished to finally hitting the theater the distribution process the negotiation the finding the right person finding the date hopefully there's no social uprising government <laughs> change demonetization gst uh, cultural issues that are you know anything can sort of derail a release of mm. your film so uh, just to transition into your more recent work and upcoming work is your transition to the digital space mm. so you know with nila nila odiva and the current web series that you're shooting how has that moving outside the multiplex sort of uh, changed your perspective towards your work and has that uh, helped you build a, a brand outside of um, you know that's closer with your fans more direct with your fans it has because uh, nila nila odiva actually like a lot of people liked it uh, from the audience like i think people i mean we kind of uh, i don't know if you've seen this movie called what we do in the shadows uh, yeah the new zealand uh, the new zealand yeah. movie so uh, we knew that we wanted to be kind of goofy and we didn't have the budget to be like an underworld or uh, right we, you know to get that sort to of get thing those so it's so yeah. a slick sort of thing so that we knew that was going to be cute and goofy and within that budget i mean that was kind of unheard of because movie budgets are low budget movies are like 2 and 1/2 crores this movie was like half of that and you had to make 5 hours worth of material with that you mm. know and right. so uh it was tough because it's definitely harder than the movies you're working um 9 to 9 versus on movies you're usually 9 to 6 and then um, and then some days it'll be 9 to 9 9 to 2 and all that this movie the web series is pretty much everyday 9 to 9 and with that it was more difficult because i had to go like 7 in the morning put all the tattoos on and then come back 10 at night and then remove if i could remove the tattoos or if i was lazy i just sleep and then it would come <laughs> on the pillows so uh, but the thing i noticed with that is uh, uh, like i i would say in my work a lot of people have responded to balakumara obviously mangata because of ajit sir balakumara because they like that film or they relate to that character um, zero and then nila nila odiva you know uh, right so uh, people really like the fantasy aspect of that and and the cool thing about the digital web series because maybe it's corporate and stuff uh, we started that in feb of last year and it came out in july right. versus my films which have taken 2 years and 2 and 1/2 years and then and then the release was uh like messed up and so you don't even get the reach that you know you the people see maybe people will see it later on dvd or and also box office is not as big a consideration for the web series yeah box office and this but this show actually got like the highest number of hits for view in tamil and even mm. it they were comparing the numbers to their telugu and hindi shows which are around for a few years so we did really well and right um so that was also gratifying because it's kind of really disappointing when it, you know i've had those experiences with movies where you know the day comes and then the director and the actor and the producer sitting in and like literally you know all this work and now it's you know because of someone else mishandled it it's kind of thing and in the web series that's not there because people can discover it on their own time the budgets are smaller it's organized in such a way and it's obviously you know it's going straight to people's phones you know you're not forcing them to come to the theater there are no other external factors like what i said like 
politics or right. uh, other issues that kind of will can really derail a film hmm. so in that sense i find it very gratifying i also find the content much better than the movie content because the movie content is still trying to cater to that a b and c and and satisfy everyone to it's some like extent like the lowest common denominator uh, so it's kind of thing. so the, the web series people are uh, and andri she's she's very talented like i've known her for a few years we were supposed to do a cop film before and then that kind of went on hold which is when she pitched this idea for a web series and stuff so the filmmakers are interesting and uh, i feel like they're also filmmakers who feel like they were sort of maybe not marginalized or or you know who feel like you know the mainstream stuff is not what i really want to do i want to do this and do it my way and so this gives them an, a platform to do it their way the one i'm doing right now also is very different it's it's kind of about investigative journalism it's about how um, the press um, how news that comes uh, is kind of um, you know either like there are political or corporate lobbies that are paying for news to come or not to come and how my character he sort of he's a heir to a telecom company and an old printing press that his grandfather would have written during the independence time written pro independence uh, articles for subhash chandra bose and the indian national army and all that and he's like he realizes that he has this very old thing that he can sort of maybe modernize and do some good with it so the entire series is about that and you know how these four five people the show is called iver okay so it's about how these five people come together led by my character who kind of you know there there's this villain over the se- the season and how they kind of investigate and expose him and shut him down and stuff so it's like all that stuff hmm. you can't you where do you see that stuff in movies that sort of detail and all yeah it's either going to be rushed and the fights yeah, are going two, to yeah, come yeah. fast and furious and that's it or yeah. you're not really going to explore the characters like yeah like this one my character is an uh, in the beginning of the show he's an alcoholic so i mean that's the reason i look like this <laughs> so uh, uh, he's an alcoholic and you know he's kind of slowly coming out of that and hmm. that's you don't get that that time and even the type of people everything is compromised the decisions are compromised for different reasons you know um so it's i i like this medium i uh, uh i think it's really going to be something that for actors going forward will get more of a platform than just saying oh i i need a movie or i have to wait for a movie and stuff like i would rather work on a good web series and mm. turn down a mediocre or bad movie you know if it came down to saying i need money or you know i need uh, to be working or something i would rather choose something like this which kind of challenges me and gives me the thing versus count on a movie that goes through there are too many variables in a movie honestly yeah right and as we've seen with act- actresses like mithila palka who started with little things and then acted in karwan mm-hmm. it's probably going to be more of the trend in the it, future it is yeah. going to be a cross sort of synergy because I, the way i look at it if i do a web series and that connects with viewers and if i have a film coming out they will say hey, i like the last thing he did let's go Let watch this let me watch this. the next yeah. and it, it's going to be vice versa if people like my films they like i'll watch this so it really depends on as an actor whether you're fixated on i want to be on the big screen and i want i want only this or you want to do good work and you don't mind which no matter the medium mm-hmm. the medium which medium that's going to be in yeah super and really looking forward to checking out ivo when it comes out hey, yes. thanks uh, yeah. thanks a lot ashwin for taking the time thanks, to talk Nico, to thanks us. definitely thank you very much Nikhil, wasn't that a great conversation with Ashwin? Absolutely, Sindhu. I'm very surprised at you know how deep we were able to get into it, yeah. and he also revealed a few things that 
uh, I haven't read about him in any other you know place. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what uh, he talked about in terms of his early career and his background was is relatively new information to us and he's got a great voice for radio and also a great pension for impersonation. Yeah, his Rajkumar impersonation is on point. <laughs> so we are thinking that he should start his own podcast but, but... yeah, don't, don't <laughs> stop listening to us guys, please. Awesome. So thanks again for listening to this episode of the podcast everyone. Uh catch you again next week. We'll see you. Creating Life is hosted by me Nikhil Venkatesa and Sindhuri Nandakumar. We record our episodes at Aura Studios Chennai. Our associate producer is C Girinand and recording engineer is Siddharth Das. Our website is creatinglifepodcast.com and you can email us at creatinglifepodcast@gmail.com. At